Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci, a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page in this marriage. I am one of your incredible, talented hosts, Amber Wallen. And I'm Ben. And this week, we decided to watch a movie on Netflix, a little Netflix and chill, but less, a little less chill. We were actually watching the movie. We watched the movie Sweetheart, directed by J.D. Dillard and starring Kersey Clemens. Oh, and it was fun. It was fun. We almost didn't get to watching the movie. I think you were upset at me right as we started to watch it or something. Yeah, we got into a fight before the movie because I was trying to get you to watch an episode of Shit's Creek and you were just like, I don't watch things like that because uh, my life is precious and I only have a couple of breaths and hours and minutes and I don't spend it watching satire. I was just like, okay, girl, fuck you. Yeah, I said it exactly like that. Yep. Uh, and I was drinking tea and twirling my mustache. You were. And I just ate uh, a child. <laughs> A little baby. I hate this notion with you that things that aren't science fiction are a complete waste of your time. It's not science fiction. It's science fiction. If it's not science fiction, fantasy, horror, yes, it's a complete waste of my time. Yeah, Yeah, but spending time with me is never a waste of time. You're right. It's never. Yes. What was I saying? It's never a waste of time. Ever. Ever. You're the freaking worst. You know what else is the worst? Before we get into the movie today, I'm also picking another fight with Ben, so maybe y'all can chime in on all of our marriage problems, because we're, we're trying to stay on the same page. Every night when I go to bed, I, I now I lay me down to sleep, I turn over and Ben is right next to me. And then when I wake up in the morning, Ben's head is at the foot of the bed, and I'm at the top of the bed by myself. Well, there's a good reason for that. It really, what's the reason? It really depends how many glasses of wine you drank the night before. So if you drank no glasses of wine, I sleep directly next to you. If you drink one glass of wine right before you, right as you go to sleep, I hear throughout the night. Well, some people snore. We can't all be sweethearts. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. One glass of wine snore is fine. I can deal with that. Two glasses of wine starts to go like this. And you, but you. But I can deal with that too if I fall asleep before you. But if I don't and you have two glasses of wine or three glasses of wine, which I will not demonstrate for the audience because... That itself is a horror movie. It's not movie. that bad. My snoring is not that bad. No, it's not, sweetheart. <laughs> I just like girls snore, women snore, fems snore. So you just got to suck it up. Is it because I'm a girl snoring or is it just really that loud and unbearable? I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, you no. Uh That sounds like a trick question. I, I, would, <laughs> I, like to, I would like to know the answer. I have, I had, mm. no, of course not. The Obvi- truth comes Obviously out. not. Obviously not. No. It's because I cannot go to sleep. Because it, it's loud. Because it's right next to my ear. And you go to sleep on drop of a, of a dime. That's beautiful. Uh, I what think. What does that even mean? Drop of a dime? Like, if a dime falls on the floor, I can go to sleep? What are we talking about? We'll have to look that up on Urban Dictionary or something. Oh, that's that really ain't, accurate. That ain't one of our phrases. You want to talk about the movie? <laughs> yeah. 
We should probably talk about the movie. Well, we can. We're we're getting into the movie Sweetheart today, which is essentially like what you think is the start of like a castaway black girl version, but it turns out not to be that. And then it gets into this trope of the final girl, which I can relate to because when I wake up in the, every morning, I feel like the final girl alone in my bed. Because your ass is at the foot of the bed. No, I'm still in the bed with you, though. Yeah, but you at the foot of it. Okay. Talk to them about the damn movie before you make me mad. Well, first of all, listeners, can you help us out here? Because we are trying to formulate more panels of movies to watch. Black movies, so it has to be starring black folk. It has to be directed by black folk to talk about. And so when I was trying to come up with panels for this podcast i thought of let's do black time travel movies didn't really find any uh let's do black sword and sorcery movies didn't really find any let's do black purgatory movies right so like beetlejuice or what dreams may come didn't really find but we did find one which we'll get into later a kenyan film i was trying to find black space opera movies like a list of them couldn't really find any I was trying to find, like, non-DC and non-Marvel black superheroes movies. And I got really excited because I found one. And then I realized that it was directed by a white woman. Mm-hmm. You said about Blade? Blade, Blade, Blade would... Uh, actually, Blade is Marvel. Surprise. Oh, I yeah. that. Yeah, Blade is Marvel. But again, Blade is not directed by a black director. Mm-hmm. So we were really, really struggling. So we settled on the, the final girl. We found two movies to discuss about today. Mm-hmm. One was Sweetheart. The other one was Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. But both of those movies are uh, directed by black folk, but, but black men. Uh, mm-hmm. And they do star uh, black women. So that was, you know, yay, plus. But that was a, a struggle. And I remember I was trying to do some research here. And I was getting really frustrated. <laughs> and, and I was over here like, welcome to the club. You're, you're frustrated? Yeah, it was sort of just a, a frustration <laughs> out of research, you know? Right. And Amber was like, yeah, this is the frustration on my fucking life, right. bitch. Like, I didn't say that. No, you would never. You would never call me bitch. You never call me bitch (laughs) ever, ever. Talk about the movie, please. You all want today. All right. So, what is the final girl trope? You read that article, which I read this morning very quickly. Yeah, I love how you send me articles and you're like, wait, I haven't read them either. No, I did end up reading it. I did end up. So, the final girl uh, article written by Box, which was super cool to read. It was very, very enlightening. And about so it's it's essentially this trope where there is one uh, the movie might start with a, a cast of people maybe they're all friends maybe they're all family and as whatever this monster is is slashing people and killing people there ends up being one girl left to defeat the monster and so it's it's, it's this trope that's called the final girl trope but uh, this amazing let me turn because I do not want to misquote her uh, Carol J. Clover wrote a book in 1992 called Men, Women, and Chainsaws Gender in Modern Horror Film and she created this trope she first coined the phrase and she also said there were basically like four big qualifiers that the final girl has there's four big traits that the final girl has one is that she has sex in the movie two is that the final girl has a unisex name three is that the final girl knows the killer and four, the final girl might be brunette. Most of them are brunette. Um, so that was really interesting to see. So let me think of uh, one of those that checked all four boxes. So in Scream, the movie that was created in 1996, Sydney 
had all four of those qualifiers, had sex with, uh, in the movie, knew the killer, brunette, you know, had a unisex name, Sydney, Sydney's pretty unisex, so yeah. So that was interesting to, like, look at those boxes, sort of like the Bechtel test, but the final girl, right? Yeah. Uh, Sweetheart sort of messes with that trope a little bit. So to give you a, a, a background, this young woman wakes up on the beach, and she is surrounded by no one and she is alone on this beach and we soon discover that she was on this boat party trip with some friends and a storm happened and she's washed up on shore and she has to slowly sort of you know survive and so you see her collecting water uh, because she can't drink the salt water Mm -hmm. you see her trying to make fire uh you see her uh building shelter but as she's doing this Mm -hmm. right as she's trying to discover how to survive she is slowly seeing some strange things about this island for one she sees a like a half shark ripped to shreds Mm -hmm. uh she sees like fish yeah like dead fish just wash up on shore which is great because she's like oh great i don't have to catch fish today but then she's she's intelligent in the movies yes yes intelligent black girl with her fro her fro is out the whole time it's not just like beautiful hair sorry but she's seeing like something strange happening and she's like there's no way there's no such thing as a free lunch why are just fish washing up on shore what was her name again because it was jen jen so that so yeah a unisex and, that wasn't it and it is weird that I would forget her name because the f- it is not weird that I would forget her name mm-hmm. excuse me it was not weird that I would forget her name because for the first like 50 minutes there's no dialogue None. because it is her just discovering uh, discovering mm-hmm. certain parts of the island when she washes up on the shore there is somebody who washes up next to her and he has this like seashell stuck in him so she tries to talk to him that's the first line of dialogue and he very he ominously says did you see it Mm -hmm. you're like wait see what and soon we discover the most frightening scene of the movie spoiler 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 huge spoiler is that she wakes up one night she sees a plane going by she takes this flare that she was able to discover shoots the flare gun out and as the flare is coming down she sees this like monstery shadow come up think of creature from the black lagoon come up and it's just the shadow of it and when i tell you when we saw that monster silhouette that's when we sat up in the bed because up up until that point things that say things had been moving slowly like really great well shot images of whatever island they were on it was interesting it was like okay this is like tom hanks where wilson at cool and then when we saw that monster we were like oh this that that escalated quickly also before that did you notice when she's setting up her shelter because she uses this uh, tarp that she discovered mm-hmm. on the island, in it. and there's these these claw marks in it, right? Yeah. So as she is discovering this island, walking around the island, uh, at one point you see her start where the her friend had died, and she walks around the island to see if it's an island, and she comes back, and she knows she's come back because she sees her friend still there. Yeah, she's like, oh crap, I just went in a circle. Yeah, and so she decides to eventually bury her friend, which in a really horrific way this monster comes and un and unburies the dead and drags it out and there's all this blood and guts that have been dragged out into the ocean you don't see it happening but it's just on your peripheral which Mm -hmm. makes it so scary when horror movies do these things that are so 
peripheral that they don't show the monster straight away, uh, straight away. Yeah, they they built suspense really well oh, it was, with the monster. It was fantastic, and the monster only comes out at night. Correct. 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 So the monster lives in this hole in the ocean. It only comes out at night, which is, you know, the hardest time for her to survive without the monster because mm-hmm. it's like pouring down rain every night. Her fire is going out. She only has a tarp with holes in it as her, you know, duvet cover. Right. And then she is running from the monster so that she, there's like no sleep when it comes to night. And and we, as an audience, we felt that. We, we saw the sun setting each day and we're like oh god like I remember being like I can breathe when it's the daytime but when it hits that nighttime baby we are we're kind of like wriggling next to each other correct so there's a point in the movie where she is learning to collect water build shelter and then there's a switch where she is trying to just fucking survive this monster and so each night she tries different (laughs) survive what what song were you saying? Hamilton. I don't even think the word is around. I think it's provide. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off today. I'm going to shut up. No, go ahead. Say it sounded like you had something really important to say. I didn't. You didn't? Yeah, I was just hype. I was like your hype man. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. Hype me up. Because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you want some more coffee? No, I'm good. All right. So, yes, two parts of the movie, basically her surviving, which I already said, and then the other part is her trying to survive the monster. Mm -hmm. And she tries different things each night. One is putting a hammock up on trees. The other one is sticking a hole inside the sand. And so these these are some ways. Before uh, I get too much into that, you know what this movie really thought made me think of? What? Bambi. This movie made me really think of Bambi, or... I did not think you were going there. Just say more. Yeah. Or the the subtitle of the book, uh, Life in the Woods. So I'm talking about Bambi the book. Bambi the book is a, is a Only horror... Only you read Bambi the I, book. I know. It is a horror book. This book is no fucking joke. You know the end of Bambi with the fire? Mm-hmm. That scene in the book, there are like... Uh, these woodland animals screaming and burning in pain. Jesus. It's horrific. Also, Thumper. You remember Thumper? I do remember Thumper. A little rabbit. Yep. Not in the fucking book. Not in the book. Well, you need a little sidekick in the book. You need a little animal sidekick in every every mm-hmm. Disney. You know, like so, Flounder so and Bambi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baloo from Jungle Sure, book. sure, yes. Because that's it's Disneyfied. But in the book, this is what made me think of of the book. Bambi has this friend, Gobo. Gobo. G-O-B-O, right? Gobo. Okay. This name just begs to be killed, right? <laughs> Someone oh, named Gobo, you know they're going out. So eventually, uh, Bambi's friend, Gobo, is captured by humans and raised by humans and then is returned back to the wild and Bambi at this time is learning to live alone and so he's taught never to uh, pass through trails that have already been trodden because that will get you fucking killed right and so he's constantly before his mom was killed that's right right he's constantly being told uh, by uh, what they call like the, the great buck or whatever right to never go through paths that have already been trodden. So Gobos, raised by humans, learns to trust humans, release back... And we, into, and we love a beaten path. Yeah, yeah. And learn to trust humans, and when he's released back into the wild, he accidentally, when he's hanging out with Bambi, once they're reunited, Gobo goes back 
and sees a hunter and thinks, oh, all humans are safe, and decides mm. to go up to the hunter, and Gobo gets his whole rear end blown off. This mm. is a kid's book. Gets From sh- Gobo to Nobo. Yeah, Gobo and, and searing, screaming, and pain, oh, and is, is killed. Oh, you're making my stomach hurt. And, and killed. So this made me think of that because... I've always had this philosophy, learn to live alone. And so this this movie for like 50 minutes is this Jen just learning how to live alone. And I love that idea. I love the the importance of learning to live alone. And she's a black woman who does it, you know, and you don't I mean, see that, that. I think that makes more sense than anything because as someone who has studied black women for 29 years <laughs> as in a black body, as black woman, there is this strong strong urging of our parents raising and things like that to just be like be independent learn how to do things all on your own you know even when it comes to our marriage i'm like let me set some money aside in case you get a wild hair up your ass and try to leave me one day at least i got a little something to sit on over here so it's just like drilled into us to to be self-sufficient so i think it it was per she was perfect in this role. Well, one, she's a phenomenal actor, but two, she was great in this role because black women are told time and time again you need to be self sufficient. So is this propagating a dangerous stereotype then? Because it's showing that No, I don't think so. You need to be self sufficient because it will save your life. Right. Because case. it's because it's it's going back to sort of like the magical Negro concept, right? And when that magic happens for someone's own self as opposed to like uh, in proximity to someone else. So I, I like this stereo I guess I like good stereotyping in this case because she's being strong for herself for her benefit not she's like you know tyler perry like you're you're so strong but you're bitter and you act like you don't need a man you know it's not being weaponized her strength is not a weapon in this case it's bitch it's like wow her strength saved her life it's almost as if be independent but not too much be independent but come home Mm -hmm. for christmas and thanksgiving be independent but make sure you have kids be independent but make sure you get married be independent but make sure that you call your grandma on this day be independent but in all these different kinds of ways yeah where in this film she is independent purely for herself her gain right yep and her survival which i can really appreciate whereas like yeah like you said in the real world it's like be strong, but not too strong, because you don't want your husband to be intimidated, blah, blah, blah. I'm never intimidated by your strength, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know. That's why you're here. I'm that's never, why you're in the bathroom never, with me. never intimidated, ever, ever. <laughs> Even when you yell at me for keeping the, the clothes in the washer and they get sour. I think you are intimidated by... I'm I think you're intimidated by the intimid- strength of my snoring. <laughs> The strength of my snores. Reel it back in. Talking about reeling it back in, she learns how to fish. She and does learn how to fish. And I love that So scene. empowering. It's so great. It made me want to, you know, pick up a, a little stick outside and be a damn lost boy myself. Because I was like, really? yes. For how long? Oh, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, because I'm trying really? to get you. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to go camping. I guess the only way you'll go camping is if if you're on some sort of cart like cruise, like a beer cruise, a booze booze cruise. I think okay, Ben, hear me out. Okay, you know now you know we went to a booze cruise this year, right? And I know you hated it. We'll get into that later. If that I don't even remember it. That's how great it was. Oh please, you wrote hella short stories about it. If 
I loved that it. Shit, I did love it. Wrecked mm-hmm. on the Chicago whatever. Who do you think would survive? What, I mean, we I, would just walk I, to to the like. I'm just saying, if we were way out. Like, do you think I would be able to make it if we washed up on, like, some shore in India? Again, why are you asking me these trick questions? Well, if you wash up anywhere and you wash up around here, you'll make I it. Just, I don't think I have basic survival. I think I'm strong, but I, I don't know. I feel like I would step up if if my life was dependent on it. But I would I would be crying. Like, there's no, there's no emotion with her. There's no time to just, like, she just has a night of crying. You know, I know we don't have time for that, but... I think oftentimes when people find themselves in this hyper-stressful situation, Mm -hmm. uh, we have, as humans, we've maybe evolved to push away any sort of emotions for the sake of our survival. Which actually brings me into the third part of the movie, Mm -hmm. which first part... Uh, she's learning about the island. Second part, she's trying to survive this monster. The third part, two of her friends who she thought were dead show up on this raft and the dialogue is really horrendous. Mm -hmm. I did like... uh, They were white, too. They were white. The two friends were white. Yeah. And one of the friends were was her boyfriend but it did not feel that way as an audience member it was weird it's like think about if you thought you were the only person who survived from a boat and then your boyfriend washed up on sea in this little raft and they didn't even really like hug or kiss it was like oh how like i'm so glad you're here i actually think that makes sense it does make sense because What we soon discover is that there's some tension between Jen and her boyfriend. Again, I don't remember his name. There's some uh, tension between Jen and her boyfriend. And uh, what we soon discover is that Jen tells them that, listen, we need to get off this island. This is not a good island. But they've just been on on a raft for a week. week. No food. Yeah, no food or anything. You're like, wait, how did they even... They're like, we're sitting our asses down. Which, how did they survive? Yep. And and we soon discover, which they don't say this explicitly because I I think they wanted to keep keep this a PG-13 movie but there was a third person in this little life raft in this little life raft and we discovered that they had killed this person now we don't know if they ate that person they had to have eaten because they were out in salt water they had to have like drank his blood and uh, eat him but the movie hints at what? it well drinking blood because there's water in blood yeah of course it's have it will hydrate if you ever like got a peel that thing, yeah. a hangnail and you just like it gives it and you like bite it yeah and it gives that sort of metallic penny taste yeah you know when you when you licked pennies like as, a, as a kid yeah I, that wasn't you know what I that was in your as a, as a I was eating fruit snacks as a child but I understand if you were eating pennies that makes that checks out yeah they were they were good so. I'm assuming that they must have done that on the raft. So this group, they come on, they come on to the the desert island, and Jen is telling them, "Hey, listen, like we need to get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. because there, there's a monster here that will eat your ass. Literally, it will destroy you." And her boyfriend's like, "Oh, sweetheart, like don't worry about it." Sweetheart, you're just delirious. That, yeah. That's why the the movie is called Sweetheart, but it's just like cringeworthy that he just doesn't even say her name and and is completely gaslighting her. And she's like, "Why would I lie about that? Like, 
I'm telling y'all because I've been fighting this monster every single which again makes total sense believe black women like all of that actually checked out that but he wasn't believing her she didn't seem as stressed as I think she should as someone would have been like shaking them being like no 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 we we really need to leave this yeah. thing is going to kill us where she is a little bit more like hey there's something going on here it's like no you've yeah. already seen this monster it has already chased you and uh, at one point, she discovers that this monster can move incredibly fast in water. Ooh, ooh. It, it, it's like it sort twice of moves, as fast in water. Yeah. yeah, it sort of moves slowly, which is why she can run away from it when she's on the island. But if she runs on the beach, it would jump into the water and, and swim like, and just like oh, jump that was, ahead. I think that scene was so terrifying. Is that when you dropped your wine on your shirt? You remember when you dropped? Oh it? yeah, it was at one. I don't remember what scene that was, Child, but it was. Damn, they was like, "Oh, I spilled my wine." <laughs> yeah, we have to stop watching movies in bed and drinking wine. It is not. Well, it's not healthy for my shirts. We can we can wash Shane's out. Ooh, yeah. So. So they don't believe her, and the consequence of that is, surprise, surprise, they both die! They both die! But you hate these characters so much that when they die, these brutal deaths, you are very satisfied. Because they're so cruel to her, they don't believe her. And do you know what these motherfuckers did? Well, So at one point, she tried to get into a rap. She, she's realizing that they're not going to leave this island. They're like, we need food. We need to stay. We've been out in sea for weeks or a week at, at least. We're not leaving this island. So what she does is she's like, okay, fuck y'all. I'm going to sneak away with the raft that y'all washed up in and try to get the fuck out of here because I'm sick of fighting this monster every day. These white people chase after her, stop her from escaping in the raft, and the white girl picks up an oar and hits her across the head with it. Blood gushing from her head. Then she wakes up. You know, she's knocked unconscious because she's been hit in the head with a freaking paddle. She wakes up and they have tied her to a tree by her wrists. So you're just enraged as an audience member because it's giving you like, wow, these white people were your friend and now you're... <laughs> they're just brutalizing you in this way like I hope they die but if this monster comes at night at this point she's going to have a very hard time escaping because they have tied her to a tree she learns Wasn't how that to, hard to watch I it, like, why have they tied their friend to a tree like if they're all friends well, like if this is your girl I think they did some good previewing that the, this this couple mm -hmm. they've become delirious out in the ocean and, and cannibalistic and yeah and cannibalistic so they've hinted up to this point that this couple is not uh, in their right mind. Also, when you eat like human meat, you can get certain kind like a certain kind of disease. I forgot what it was, uh, but I, I think there's something else going on here. And when she's tied up. At one point, her boyfriend blames her for the storm that comes in. He's like, there's always a storm just follows you wherever you go, Jen. You know, before we went on this trip, you, were not, you weren't having fun when we, everyone was drinking and having fun. And right after that, a storm comes. So he's, like, really abusive. He is. Like, verbally abusive. You're getting all this vibe. Her friend at one point is like... You, you know, there you lied to us and said you got mugs before you got on this went on this trip. And she... Uh, you know, tries to defend herself. Jen tries to defend herself, saying, mm -hmm. "No, that no, this actually did happen." So you're getting an indication that her friends don't believe her. 
and have not believed her in the past. She's with this verbally abusive boyfriend who she feels uh, it sort of like eternally connected to. And it is, it's not, it's not a good situation, but the situation is resolved when both of the friends are killed. Yes. And, and they're like, you know, pretty brutally like ripped apart. The one is like ripped. The girl, uh, her, her, uh, Jen's friend, uh, the girl. That one was very satisfying. It's like ripped into the ocean. It's like, okay, this is what happens when you tie my sis to a tree like that. (laughs) You going to get ate up because you don't want to believe it. Great. Yeah, yeah, they were awful. So they're awful. They're disposed of, and then Jen is like, "Okay, the only way I'm going to survive is not leaving the island and not staying on the island. I have to face the monster, but killing the yes. monster." Yes. And so there's yes. this huge plan that she has where she carves up all these little. Uh, sort of spears she carves these little spears she has like bun- like a bunch of them uh she uh goes looks on the island and this is this is actually i really i like this part but there's a lot there's a couple of un unburials and a lot of human uh for human history it's just super taboo to raise up the dead right mm-hmm. so to unbury the dead and you have that scene where the monster unearths her friend that she buried mm-hmm. Brad, the first and guy. then and then there's also what throughout the movie we're getting hints that another family got trapped there mm-hmm. and uh they had there was a family of three that got trapped there the mom and dad died and the little girl we have no idea what happened to her but she had to bury her mom and dad so jen goes to the burial of this mom and dad un unearths them and then uses their bones to make like shards. knives, yeah. shards of knives, like a yeah, shanks, <laughs> yeah, shank, yeah, shanks. She, like, shanks. she like rips apart their oh. rib cage, yep, and and makes it's. And I love that. It's like okay, yeah, I was like, oh, we have some Lord of the Flies up in here. But she also, when you are trying to survive, you have to ignore human taboos, right? Yeah, it made me think. There's a movie called Alive where there's this plane crash, mm-hmm. and in the plane crash, some people die in the plane crash, but then you have a group of survivors and they're in the middle of like this storm in winter or whatever i saw this movie a while ago but they have to make this ethical decision to either eat the people that died in the plane crash or not and so they end up eating the people to survive and they survive the movie is called alive and it's a celebratory movie it's Mm -hmm. it's not like this is a terrible thing that these people didn't know they did what they needed to survive. Yeah. Jen did what she needed to survive. I like, I like those survivalist movies. I remember when we watched, uh, it's it's not the same, but um, I think you showed me Snowpiercer or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where the people in the back of the car had to end up eating, like, babies to survive or something. They didn't show it, but they they told it, and I was just like, uh. Like, and, and you're saying to yourself, I mean, if I was ever in this situation, I would have to make this choice as well this yeah well i mean i ate a baby earlier as i was saying in the oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, you did you had a the nice delicious baby earlier today <laughs> Oof. Oof. Mm. i mean i'm all I, I mean stem cell research is important yeah as well right of course like you, you need you use aborted fetuses for medicine like you have to do these certain kinds of things for human, human survival yeah that that escalated quickly 
liked the movie. I just, I just, I think I went in because this movie is sort of not on people's radar. I think it came out in 2019. Um, J.D. Dillard was not an a director that I had heard. I think this is his debut film. Mm-mm. He did uh, actually a black, a non-black superhero film called Slight. Really? Yep. See, I, why, if, but Bloomhouse is such this like powerhouse horror story like franchise or whatever. So why haven't we heard of these films or why have they not gotten as much love? Because 2019, we were still outside, you know, so why couldn't I have gone to see Sweetheart in theaters? Because I think it was great. I, I enjoyed it. It's a great movie. That I mean, that's, and it's on Netflix. So wh- why is this not? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're trying to say, and the question, the answer for that Race. exists, <laughs> and it's it's racism. But I think it's a very targeted kind of racism, mm-hmm. especially in Hollywood. I think Hollywood prides itself in not being racist, but <clears throat> America's Hollywood. Sure. Oh, do they really? Yeah, it, it's very standard. For... But what about like Oscars so white and st- like they've done ta- think it's it's interesting that they think that they're not. Let's talk about how the creature actually looks. Ooh. And the person who did this, I found this out recently. Neville Page also did Cloverfield and uh, Avatar and mm-hmm. Prometheus. Avatar with the blue figures. Yeah, like, he, he's a he's a big deal. And uh, him and J.J. Abrams worked very closely. And actually, J.D. Dillard worked with J.J. Abrams as well. And so Neville Page is this, like, old, I think, British white dude. And he and J.D. Uh, Dillard, like, worked together to create this terrifying... J.D. is like a young black guy, too. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, like, 30s, and, maybe? Yeah, yes. 20, 30, mm-hmm. late 20s, early 30s. And this monster sort of has, like... Uh, hooves as feet mm-hmm. which uh and only two hooves so it stands upright it's about nine feet tall or whatever and its face sort of looks like a hammerhead shark like a smaller version of a hammerhead shark and it has these tiny little beady eyes and i loved it because at some point you do see its head like full on in the light and it's a real mm. it's a real creature effect you right some of a lot of it is Definitely uh, CGI, but some of it is not. You actually, they, they sculpted the head. It's like some alien and, versus predator, honey. I oh, was like, oh. It was really, really cool. And because it was just one creature, because you you see it very rarely, it was incredibly effective. So that's that's what I love. You remember, I kept asking, I was like, does this creature not have a family or something? Like, it's just a monster by itself in a hole in the eye. I was worried. I was like well, this is the mama, but what happens when the baby creatures come out? But it never, like, it was just a, a lone creature. Yeah, uh, some sort of, it could, there's so many different ways. It could be an alternate dimension creature because it comes from this, like, empty pitch. Yeah, it's like bottomless hole. pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it could just be this, you know, uh, it could be extraterrestrial, so it could have come from outer space. We're not really, we're not really I like sure. that. I like that we can, like, every question doesn't mm-hmm. have to be answered. However, the ending of the film is Jen overcoming this monster because it does move slow on land. So she builds, like, this fire circle, and she has all these knives set up, and she ends up, like, stabbing it to death. And uh, the final, the final image is 
her making the decision to cut off its head. Mm-hmm. And there's this poetic justice to it because she has time and time again been t- uh, not believed. Mm-hmm. And now she's going to walk back with this fucking head and say, believe me now, motherfuckers. Yes. And that 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 ends the movie. She, she kills that. a monster and there's this like far, you know, these really, really common... Um, drone shots now where it pulls away from the island and it shows her walking carrying the head she's decided to sever sever the head in this very almost like standard sword and sorcery yeah monster i don't want to say like tribal but like that's the sword and like, sorcery to, monster to, hunter yeah to be to behead the monster or the human or whatever is like you really won yeah and that's the end of the movie. I thought it was a, a perfect way to end this movie. As did I. Very it, effective. It was an hour and 30 minutes, too, so everyone should definitely go go check this out. And again, it's on Netflix. It's complete, like You have to search for it, which is crazy because wasn't Netflix doing the whole like Black Lives Matter this summer? And so I thought they were sort of collecting all of those directors and stories, but this one just sort of flew under the radar, but... Go check it out. We had to hunt for it, but it's really good. The other movie we're going to discuss is Tell from the Crypt, Demon Knight, which came out, what, 25 years ago now? 25 years ago. This movie also has the final girl trope. I loved it because... It's so campy and so good. The real real creature effects here are great. There's like uh, a demon punching his hand through someone's head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, like, like if you enjoyed like the, the thing or just like old school like puppet like true puppet masters as opposed to like CGI, this was it. It's like a cult classic, but it's really well done. It's so it's so and fun. who doesn't y- love like a young Jada Pinkett Smith? Mm, yeah, so she is the final girl, and the whole idea is that there is this demon called the Collector who is trying to get all these keys to unlock unlimited power. And he's pursuing this dude named Frank Baker breaker, who throughout the years uh, has held this key and inside the key, there's the blood of Christ, which gives you power. And so as the collector is uh, pursuing Frank breaker, which is, I guess the demon knight, like the person who fights these demons, he pursues them to this hotel and in the hotel, there is a group of people who then have to survive the night against the collector. Mm-hmm. And slowly and slowly, the collector, played by the one and only, I'm I'm confused. The de- the the main demon. So the demon is called the collector. Right. Sorry, I thought the person with the blood key was called the collector. That's why I was like, wait a minute, what? No, no, Frank Bra- uh, Frank Breaker is the, uh, I guess like the. The knight. The person with the key. The person with the key is the knight. Yeah. I think. But at one point, Billy Zane refers to himself as the demon knight. Oh, maybe he's the demon knight. Th- right. That's why I was like, huh? So I mixed up the movie. We were totally <laughs> sober watching this movie, and I did not All spill I any know wine. Is Billy Zane's ass was looking good as hell. He was the perfect perfect villain and it's funny too he's really funny so throughout the time like he throughout the night he's Mm -hmm. constantly trying to like seduce seduce each of these characters inside uh the hotel 
And because uh, once he gets into your mind, he can sort of take over and embody you, and then. And when he and when he embodies when he possesses the creatures, they get these like really long puppet tongues, sort of. Oh, uh, they're like, I don't. I, how can I describe what's what's a just a monster with a really long tongue, like a chameleon tongue, yeah, or a frog tongue, or sometimes the tongue comes from the stomach too. Ew. So it's like, ew, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's not it's not as gross as we talk. Just yeah, it's like think. a lot of green green goo and ketchup for blood and real <laughs> real B movie and campy, but I mean it's worth a watch because it's it. I li- I really liked this movie. I'm glad we watched it because we we did want to watch one other final girl trope movie and this was a good pick. Like it 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 reminded me why we missed like the true artistry of puppets and things like that. I we I love Like there was no we need CGI. More puppets. We need we got to bring Jim Henson and the gang back. There is a little bit of CGI because when they kill the demons, first of all, the de- you have to kill the demons by shooting them in the, in the eye. eyes. Oh. And so there's this like green flash of lightning. So, so much <laughs> eye gouging. <laughs> yeah, eye gouging. It's so campy. It's fun though. And uh, it's also campy, but there is a decent overarching story, right? So there are these flashbacks, which is the great uh, show don't tell, uh, mm-hmm. illustrating that the these people who carries these keys have been carrying it since the time of Jesus. So you yeah. see Jesus like dying on the cross and this key collecting blood, which is then used to fight off demons throughout the years. And then you see like World War One or you two. You see World War One. Uh, I think it's actually World War Yeah, it's World War One. You see World War One and then you see the key being passed off and this whole idea that uh there are these key keepers who sort of keep these demons at bay to prevent people from, uh, sorry, demons taking over. But let's just talk about some of the deaths in here because there's a lot of really, really fun deaths. Yeah, everybody dies except for Jada. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite death? My favorite death was when the, I love, okay, I don't love when kids die in film. Oh, God. But, but Billy is this little boy who gets, uh, What's his name, Billy? Danny. It was Danny. Was like, okay. Billy Zane is okay. Danny. We again. We really watched this movie carefully. <laughs> it's a movie that you're supposed to watch carefully. Right. No, it's a movie that you turn on and like get high or drunk or yeah. hang out and and maybe let it on. be on in the background. Let it be on there. But Danny is reading comic books, and the way he gets possessed is by reading a comic book, which I thought was perfect because. It it picks up on this whole like satanic panic trope of yeah. reading comics will like possess you. Playing video games. Playing video game. Well, that's true. <laughs> that will possess you. You've gotten mad at me a few times because I've gotten possessed by playing a really good game. All right, of course. Please yeah. let people know you're kidding because they can't see your face. Right oh now. yes, I'm a hundred percent kidding. <laughs> that video games do not possess you. But the boy, Danny reads... Uh, he's reading Tales from the Crypt. He's reading Tales from the Crypt, which sort of the background of this. Tales of the Crypt was an anthology horror comic book. Mm-hmm. Then it was turned into an anthology horror TV series, and then they made a series of movies. So there's a whole... And then the Crypt Keeper is like the narrator yeah, who, type. And he's horrifying <laughs> to look at as well. I'm like, why Why do they keep zooming in at the Crypt Keeper? You, like, back the fuck up. You know what this movie reminds me a lot of? We have uh, some we have some good friends, and every Halloween they have these like super campy 
uh, Halloween effects mm -hmm. and like puppets everywhere and fake blood everywhere. Ooh. So it reminds Quite a fake. it just reminded me of a really good Halloween house that you walk into and there's all this like actual physical um you know paraphernalia halloween paraphernalia and so imagine put that all that in a movie with billy zane walking around trying mm. to seduce people uh it, it's great but i loved when danny sort of turns into this it's monster child. Mm -hmm. the child but he, he like grows he grows like 10 feet or whatever yeah. oh. and and there's like a tongue sticking out of his stomach and he's like trying to lick and like stab people so that that was fun the other one is uh, there's actually two black women in this story. There are CCH Pounder, CCH Pounder, and there is this scene where CCH Pounder gets her arm ripped off, Ooh, sort of about baby. like halfway through the movie, and then for the next you know quarter of the movie, she's walking around killing demons with one arm, with one arm, because she has just like drank a fifth of vodka to deal with the pain of her arm and you can see i mean they did such a good job playing into like this is how it feels to get your arm cut off because she's just like profusely sweating and screaming in agony but also just like has tightly wrapped her arm and is still fighting like i love this idea of just she's like my arm might be gone but i got this other arm like let's let's fucking go and when billy zane tries to seduce her he says oh i can, I can put I, your arm i can back. put your arm back and she's one of the few who says like fuck you right right she it's, like lifts her like nub of an arm and he's like what is that and she's like that's me giving you the finger yeah right? it was like hey where i think every other character does to some extent get seduced yeah where it is uh jada pinkett smith does not get seduced and cch pounder does not get seduced right uh and uh jada pinkett smith's seduction scene is very terrifying it's like this plain white room and throughout the story, you get this sense that Jada Pinkett Smith, who's the cook... Pinkett, baby. Pinkett. Pinkett. Pink, like, the color pink. Pinkett. Put some respect on her name. Okay, let's try this again. Jada Pinkett Smith. Go for it. Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> Pinkett. <laughs> is sort of the, like, handy woman at this hotel. Mm -hmm. But she has Geraldine. dreams. Geraldine, yeah. Her character's named Geraldine. She has these dreams to travel abroad. And so Billy Zane tries to seduce her, saying, I will... I'll I will take you to Paris. I'll take you to Paris, Copenhagen. all these things. Copenhagen. Which is sort of the whole uh, Jesus Christ being brought up to the mountain and Satan saying, oh, I'll give you all these things. So each character goes through the temptations of Christ, but in their own kind of way. And that was a really nice touch. This movie is very much thought out of and, and somebody it, wrote somebody was right yes it was so fun and it has like a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes trash which is again why we should all For, hate right, Rotten we Tomatoes. should oh I can I say what my favorite death is yes uh I so I I call him Lyle because he's the guy that played Lyle from George of the Jungle. But he was basically, you know, there's always somebody in the group that's just like, just give the demons what they want. Like just just take the key, give them what they want, and then they'll leave us alone. Which is like, no, fuck face, they're gonna kill us all anyway. So of course, Lyle's ass <laughs> find his real name for me. <laughs> which Lyle's ass steals the blood key and gives it to Billy Zane. Gives it to the demon knight. And what happened? Oh, his, his name, get this, his name is Roach. Roach, that's Roach. his name, Roach. Because he's a fucking Roach. He is a Roach. I'm glad they, they named some purpose. So Roach is just this, like, 
annoying ass like macho white dude and he gives the key to the demon knight and then what happens billy's name was like oh by the way roach i lied and then obviously the demons like completely destroy roach as he's trying to like just walk out the front door which was perfect because roach just rec- roach uh represented you know toxic masculinity like i'll save the day y'all don't know what you're talking about and then he's just i mean he's killed seconds after he hands over the most important prop in the movie and i was like <laughs> and great. now the roach dies it was so much fun uh, that that actually reminds me though that there's a cosmology here right so uh there are higher demons which is uh billy zane's character the collector and so he's a higher demon mm-hmm. and then there are lower demons which are sort of like slimy they have nipple piercing <laughs> Like ra- most ra- Are you calling people with nipple piercing slamming? No, not at all. But literally, it just so happens that they have like slime on them and like they're all decomposing and they have nipple piercings for whatever reason. I guess that's more <laughs> terrifying when you have a demon with a nipple piercing. And so there's this great cosmology. So higher demons, lower demons, the way you kill everyone is by killing, uh, shooting them in the eyes, eyes and they all uh, bleed green blood. Higher demons can possess people. So the movie has this nice, this nice cosm, what I would call like a cosmology to it, and that pairs nicely with the actual real creature effects. It pairs nicely with Jada Pinkett Smith becoming the new sort of key holder at the end of the film, and all of this paired nicely with a red wine, a, a red wine, <laughs> a red wine, a red wine, or a mold, a, a mold. mold. I think red yeah, wine. this is a great movie to drink, like a nice steaming uh, mold. Uh, red wine, so it almost has that like metallic blood taste. I started oh. seeing like blood. And you're like drinking splatters. it from a goblet. Yeah. I or, or some vermouth because all the demons green uh, bleed green blood Ooh. as well. Some it's ab- like oozy. Some it's oozy. It's really uh, oozy. Yeah. It's, it's not like a like a like a nosebleed. It's like a ooze bleed. Thank you for that visual, Ben. This is great. We I had a lot of fun. We did have some fun. I We're not even in spooky season anymore, and somehow we still stumbled back into that horror bin, so I had a good time with you. Yeah. I, I would like to say, if you know like collections of panel of movies, please give us ideas. We're looking for ideas. Also, we're just going to keep watching movies directed by, by black folk telling black stories yep. so that we create a market for this because these stories are fun, and they've been pushed to the side for way too long so way too long uh, and then on that note why don't you warp up the show in conclusion go watch demon night go watch sweetheart go drink some mulled wine or absinthe and have a good fucking time <laughs> thanks man thank you so much for listening to another episode of the sci-fi sci next week we're watching another movie y'all and you can find it on amazon prime video because that's where we'll be watching it we'll be watching the movie kati kati directed by mbinthi masya so please be sure to check it out and as you continue to find more works of art written directed starring black people please be sure to send those our way on the sci-fi sci instagram also if you've been enjoying the sci-fi sci be sure to put a little something something down on the patreon just five dollars a month we'll take care of all the things we need we love y'all so much and we'll see y'all next week bye y'all thank you for listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.